Hey guys, it's Lindsay. Clearly, we don't have a normal episode out today, and it's because Logan and I are both under the weather. Um, We have some really cool episodes coming up, but we did not want to leave you with nothing this week, so we are re-releasing the piece that we did for Blood on the Rocks World War I Armistice Day Megasode that was back in November. Um, It hasn't been on this feed before, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to the Megasode, this will at least be new to you. It's pretty short, so this is kind of a mini-sode, I guess. Um, it's, but it's very to the point and it has some really fun information. So stay tuned to learn about the U-28 creature and we will be back with an awesome episode for you guys next week. Welcome to Folklore on the Rocks. (laughs) Hi everyone, I'm Logan. And I'm Lindsay. And we're the hosts of Folklore on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink and talk about lesser-known cryptids, monsters, and creatures from around the world. We also narrate and discuss folktales, old and new. And today we are contributing to the World War I topic of this episode by discussing the U-28 creature, which is a modern encounter with a whale-eater cryptid that occurred in 1915. Let's kind of give you a little bit of background first. Yeah, this one seems kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, So uh, U-28 was a Type U-27 class of U-boat that served in the First World War. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know the difference between U-boats and subs, Mm -hmm. so I looked that up. And apparently, U-boats are submarines of Germany. Yeah. Which were designed to be used in World Wars One and Two. Mm-hmm. So all U-boats are submarines. If I remember correctly, with no research whatsoever, is Unter <laughs> Untersea. Sure. Okay. Yes, it goes under the ocean. Um so U twenty eight it conducted five patrols and it sunk forty ships total. And it was commissioned by the Imperial German Navy on June twenty sixth, nineteen fourteen with Commander Freeherr George Gunther von Forstner as captain. I think that's Georg. Some German way of saying George. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> von Forstner. Von Forstner. We got this. We got that much. <laughs> so, on July 30th, 1915, a U-28 fired a torpedo that hit the stern of the British cargo ship, the SS Iberian. The Iberian had been headed from Manchester, UK to Boston, US, and they were carrying trucks and jeeps, which were a very rich cargo, very yeah. expensive. They were heavy, hard to move around. Mm, exactly. Heavy heavy to move, expensive to buy. And valuable, but valuable very, when they got there. Yeah. Very needed, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it was hit just south of Ireland near Fastnet Rock, and it sank stern first and very quickly. Um According to Commander von Forstner's account of the incident, the wreckage remained under the water for about 25 seconds or so until an explosion, possibly from the boilers or an unknown explosive device that was on on the ship for some reason. I don't know. That's a theory. Until that explosion sent some of the debris from the wreckage flying high up into the air. It's said that along with the debris... A creature described as a gigantic aquatic animal resembling a crocodile shot out of the water too and then quickly disappeared from sight. 
Logan is going to read us the captain's encounter in his own words, as was chronicled in Bernard Hoovelman's 1933 book, In the Wake of the Sea Serpents. Cool. I get to be the captain. On July 30th, 1915, RU-28 torpedoed the British steamer Iberian, which was carrying a rich cargo across the North Atlantic. The steamer sank so swiftly that its bow stuck up almost vertically into the air. Moments later, the hull of the Iberian disappeared. The wreckage remained beneath the water for approximately 25 seconds, at a depth that was clearly impossible to assess, when suddenly there was a violent explosion which shot pieces of debris, among them a gigantic aquatic animal, out of the water to a height of approximately 80 feet. At that moment, I had with me in the conning tower six of my officers of the watch, including the chief engineer, the navigator, and the helmsman. Simultaneously, we all drew one another's attention to this wonder of the seas, which was writhing and struggling among the debris. We were unable to identify the creature, but all of us agreed that it resembled an aquatic crocodile, which was about 60 feet long, with four limbs resembling large webbed feet, a long pointed tail, and a head which also tapered to a point. Unfortunately, we were not able to take a photograph for the animal sank out of sight after about 10 or 15 seconds. Thanks for reading that, Logan. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> um, just a couple clarifications. Uh, it mentions feet in there. And so for our, our international listeners, and I wanted to just kind of give conversions for that, 80 feet is about 24 and a half meters, and 60 feet is about 18.2 meters. I totally thought you were talking about the monster's feet. I'm like, Lindsay, I think they, know. I think they know about feet, Lindsay. It, it, they have those in other countries, too. <laughs> There's only four. <laughs> no, so I just wanted to give you guys yeah. the conversion reference because we have a system that makes 0% sense and mm-hmm. your systems all make sense. Yeah. So there's that. So basically, the the fact that the creature was airborne kind of allowed the crew to see the entirety of its body, which really makes this an unusual and very notable yeah. event, I think. Yeah. Do you think it was it was breaching away from the explosion on purpose, or do you think it got blasted up into the air from the explosion? I think that the consensus is kind of that it got blasted out of the air. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've got soldiers in the water. Could be that it came up from... Deep, deep below. Yeah. And Something phew. drew its attention and it... Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, but I feel like the explosion is probably more likely. Yeah. It's not really known where the creature came from. There's some speculation that it was being transported by the British ship. Oh. So it could be that as the ship blew up... They found a secret weapon. Kaboom. Bringing it back. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, to stick it to the Kaiser. <laughs> So who knows what happened? Yeah. We don't we don't know for sure. And so as we mentioned earlier, th- this UA-28 creature, it's considered a modern example of a whale-eater cryptid. So it's similar to sea monsters of yeah. old. Um, generally, it appears to be a reptilian creature with four flipper-like limbs and a pointed crocodilian head. So you can see how well that matches von Forstner's account. Um, there's there's some conjecture that it's a surviving plesiosaur, or more likely, I think maybe a mosasaurus. Uh, that that was my first guess right yeah. there. And Logan is our our 
dino expert here. I, I definitely. So what, what do you think about enthusiast. that? <laughs> expert. Come on. Come yeah. On. So what are your thoughts about um, this, this dino aspect? Well, my immediate thoughts were definitely a Mosasaurus, Mosasaurus direction, not a, not a plesiosaur kind of a Nessie type with a longer neck or, or flippers. Um, and, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but so Mosasaurus, um, Jurassic world. Yes. This yeah. is that, that giant crocodilian yeah, creature even, that jumps up and eats that great white shark. Even right? if you only saw the trailer, you saw yeah, the exactly. Mosasaurus. Look that clip up on, on YouTube and it's there and it's huge. So I'm pretty sure that's a Mosasaurus, right? That is. Uh, now the Mosasaurus in Jurassic World is larger than yeah, I, the fossils I would imagine that have been so. found. It's bigger than these dimensions we have here. I do like to imagine that they just can get as big as their food <laughs> supply will allow. Our, meg- our Megalodon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, well... Haven't seen one yet, so yeah, I don't so know how, how big do we they know? get. Um, yeah, so I, that, that's definitely what this feels like, that it's got that kind of um, pointed nose and a, and a long pointed tail. Mm-hmm. They, they thought crocodile immediately when they saw it flying through the air. Right, and, and the forelimbs. Yeah. The crocodiles generally have that same mm-hmm. pretty much setup, right? Yeah. An- uh, anatomically. Um, other fun facts about a uh, Mosasaurus, despite the fact it's got a saurus or soar in the name, uh, not a dinosaur, a oh. reptile. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I bet I bet a lot of people don't know that because no, I certainly didn't. Yeah, it's not not the most uh, <laughs> useful misleading. knowledge in the twenty first century. Misle- pretty misleading, though, right? Like the saurus. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people think that every every prehistoric animal was a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, is it just named that because of the classification of dinosaurs? Yeah. I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and also it wasn't until later that they kind of organized them a little better. Definitely. and Yeah. Got it. Uh, but this one, uh, boy, it, 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 I love the idea of sea monsters in general. Because we are always finding things living in places that we couldn't go before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, especially in, in a modern war, is a reminder that, boy, that there, there are bigger and badder things out there yeah. than a U-boat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So it should be noted that this event wasn't mentioned anywhere until late 1933, mm-hmm. which coincidentally is the same year that the Loch Ness Monster appeared kind of on the world stage. Right, um, and suddenly sea monsters were in vogue. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Everyone wanted part of the Nessie craze. Yeah, so to put on my my skeptic hat for just a second, uh, it goes back to <laughs> su- suggestion. Uh, it's right, and well, and also it's oh yeah, well your sea monster's pretty cool. I saw one of those during the Great War, and I had some buddies. They saw it too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and von Forstner. I'm sure that's what he sounded like. <laughs> probably. Um, and unfortunately, he didn't mention this to anybody until, mm-hmm. you know, over 15 years later. So there's yeah. a little, that's a little suspicious, mm-hmm. I think. But at the same time, you have to think about, he's got his career to think of. Does he not want to bring it up to light because he'll sound like a crazy person? Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nearly all of the other crew members who he said that he saw the creature mm-hmm. with. So that he allegedly saw this event with perished in the war. 
but we ha- we have nothing to corroborate this story. Hmm. But whether that's due to circumstance and not that it didn't happen. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of unknown. stories were lost in, mm-hmm. in that war. So. Exactly. I mean, if if these if these men have passed away in the war, there's obviously not a way for them to come forward and be like, me too, I saw it. Yes, I did. Yeah. I saw the creature. Um, but there were also quite a few survivors of the steamership mm-hmm. in the water still, and there were no reports from them either. So, yeah. so it's, I mean, it's a little iffy that way. The one thing that stands out to me about this, uh, apart from other sea serpent or sea monster stories, uh, is that this one, it was totally airborne. It, yeah. Yeah. Very it, unusual. It, it was, uh, it, it probably was very surprised and probably a little angry. Well, yeah. And I think <laughs> that in, in his, his report, he talks about it writhing on the surface of, of the water. And so I'm thinking it was, it was probably severely injured is my guess in this explosion. I know that if I get catapulted 80 feet into the air after I, an explosion, yeah, <laughs> it, it, I'm not coming down in one piece. <laughs> Very likely not. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that could be part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the airborne aspect is very unusual because this, this animal would have to weigh an excessive amount. Oh, yeah. It's not built for land. And for that for to land. be launched high into the air is, is pretty, I think, unlikely. But yeah. I also don't know the physics behind it. So Yeah, it would have had to, one, been a very good-sized explosion from the, boat, yes. from the first boat uh, that had been just submerged. Two, the this mosasaurus or creature like a mosasaurus uh, would have had to been at that moment just moving just between the wreckage and the surface, and by placing itself in between those two things, then the explosion would propel it out of the water. Right. Um, so that makes more sense, maybe, if they were transporting him. Yeah. Yeah. Or if because uh, it's just sitting with the wreckage of it below say the boilers Mm -hmm. sinking fast because i mean it's it can swim obviously so yeah it could happen so back to von forstner's account of this Mm -hmm. he his account was it was picked up by a german newspaper in october of 1933 and since then it's been retold and republished many times uh, all over the world in multiple languages. So it's it's kind of hard to say what actually happened after so many years and so many retellings. Even this excerpt that we read mm-hmm. from this is another, it's a retelling, yeah. right? From the original article and a translation from German mm-hmm. too. There's, there's actually a lot of articles that are online that they, they argue the points for and against this tale being true at all. We we, can't, we don't really have time to dive into them. Normally, we we would dive into something like that. Um, but if you're interested, just give the world of submarines and sea monsters a good Google. Yeah, it's a fun rabbit hole to jump down. Well, that's all for us. Um, you yeah. can find Folklore on the Rocks on social media. Our Instagram and Facebook are Folklore on the Rocks. And our Twitter is Folklore Rocks. <laughs> and our website is FolkloreOnTheRocks.com. We do release an episode weekly on Sundays, so we hope that you'll give us a listen.